This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to <clears throat> worst time in the world to get your throat stuck in the Kuna talk. How are you doing? How are we doing? Are we doing good? We're doing well. I hope you are. Big day. Big, big day today. Um, Spurs face Burnley, of course, in what could be a decisive fixture for uh, the top four race. And uh, yeah, it's going to be painful so painful in fact i'm going to try and avoid it that's that's the way i'm dealing with it that's well that's what i'm going to do is i'm just going to try and avoid it and look at the score later on we're going to go play football and just forget the game is even happening and just sit there praying and channel my inner valt veghorst while i'm playing and just be you know the big guy up front <laughs> just scoring headers as much as possible whilst hopefully at the same time he's banging him in against spurs that's that's what i want to see fingers crossed that is what is going to happen good morning everybody joining us in the chat box hope you're doing good and well good morning to jose joining us first in the chat box steve stone rahil guna boy mac g good morning guys owen and I just want to wish you congratulations as well, of course. Uh, Anthony, Sean, Harvey, Ashwin, uh, Harvey, Tony, Paul, Brad Lynch, Paul. Uh, we've got Olu, Lynn, Juno, uh, Lars, Justin. Uh, who else have we got? We've got uh, we've got Simon, Nikolai, Paul, Christopher, uh, BDG, Steve. Good morning, guys. Hope you're doing good and well. Uh, Nathish, uh, we've got Henrik, Cena. Uh, Emily, good morning, guys. Uh, Tony, Pedro, Noel, Adam, all of the usuals. So good to see so many of you as always. Yes, Philip, getting on that Burnley hype today. Certainly need a bit of that this morning as well. VM says, how do I become a member through the YouTube app on the iPhone? I'm not sure that you can. You may need to log on to a desktop if possible. Uh, Sometimes it doesn't really work. The only way that you may be able to get around it is by copying the URL link into a Safari Try that. If that doesn't work, I can't help you because it's only going to work on desktop for a lot of people if you've tried. Sometimes that's the way of fixing the problem. Anyway, uh, let's jump into today's news. Before we do, though, make sure you drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. Uh, it really does help us out and spreads the words of us doing these shows every morning at 8 a.m. M. Let's uh, let's crack on. <laughs> yeah, Owen, you could tell I was panicking when I said congratulations. The news and that. If you didn't know what I was talking about when I said congratulations to Owen, 
Owen has had a list. Has had a little mini uh, Owen uh, in the world now. So a massive congratulations to Owen. I'm sure that all of you guys will wish him all of the best. You could tell in my earlier congratulations that I got halfway through it and then realised, oh no, what if this isn't public information yet? I'm announcing it on Giant Arsenal channel. <laughs> oh dearie me. Well, congratulations, Owen. Um, I hope you and the missus are well. And well, specifically the missus, of course, you you, you did literally nothing. Uh, <laughs> your job was over nine months ago. But I hope the missus is good and the little one as well, of course, too. But uh, uh, yeah, congratulations, fella. Anyway, we uh, crack on with today's story starting with uh, and a very amusing one. Um, it's always nice to see Chelsea lose a final. It's something that they do really, really well is losing cup finals. They uh, tend to do it specifically, you know, English cup finals, FA Cups, League Cups, penalties is always kind of their their weak point as well. And it's, so it's always good to see a, a cup final dragged out over a course of 120 minutes only for them to lose on penalties as well. Love it. What a little baby gift uh, for Minnie Owen um, in the house <laughs> for him yesterday. Fantastic stuff. Um, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. So really good to see uh, Chelsea lose another. That's their, I think, fifth English Cup final in a row that they've now lost. Just want to say that again. Fifth English Cup final loss in a row. Um Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And yet, believable. I hope that it affects their last couple of games of the season and they drop points in both. Anyway, Nicolas Pepe has changed and switched his agent ahead of the summer transfer window. Now, when players do this, it is a bit of a signal, uh, typically, that what happens is those players are looking to try and change um, clubs and they're not happy with the previous representation and they feel they've not done a good enough job of sorting out their futures. And this certainly seems to be the case, Nicolas Pepe. The understanding is that the club will be open to him moving on in the summer. They'll be looking for a figure in the region of 25 to 30 million pounds. And uh, uh, <laughs> and yes, Rich, 25 million pounds turns out to be a pretty accurate <laughs> estimate of what he was worth, it seems. Um, and the only club that we're aware of that has actually made real contact so far is Sevilla, and that is only in the form of a loan with an option to buy Pepe at the end of next season. It's not a deal that Arsenal should be looking to do. Arsenal need to try and move on Pepe permanently and get maximum available money for him. If you are going to let him go on loan, let him go on loan for, you know, extend the deal by a year to protect yourselves, to protect the, uh, you know, the, the value of the player. And then send them on loan without the option, unless the option is an obligation and it's the fee that you want to receive. Because if you do it with an option, it just gives us absolutely no, no encouragement, no guarantees, no assurances about Arsenal getting any money for him in the future. So option with a loan, not for me, not for me whatsoever. Uh, Owen, there you go. You got your thanks to everyone in the chat box. And Adam, welcome as a first-time viewer. I hope you're doing good and well, son. Thank you for tuning in. Let's uh, let's crack on with the next story. And Marquinhos continues his story with Arsenal. It seems like this is pretty much a done deal at this stage. Uh, in fact, he'll be the second summer signing, it seems, after Matt Turner confirmed his move, as we know, quite some time ago. Marquinhos will arrive from Sao Paulo for about 3.5 million euros. His deal, though, is not expected to affect any of Arsenal's transfer business. So for those that are worried that this is one of the forwards that we were going to bring in and therefore it will affect how many we can sign, you know, he's he's not going to... You don't need to worry about that because he's not affecting that in any way, shape or form. So uh, fantastic stuff to see that Arsenal are getting a, a yet another young Brazilian talent and I look forward to trying to do a breakdown of him as soon as feasibly possible. 
Moving forwards, and Arsenal are preparing their first bid uh, towards Manchester City for Gabriel Jesus. Now, it is said that Man City want a figure in the region of 50 to 60 million euros to claim Gabriel Jesus. A number of clubs, as many as six, are said to have already made inquiries about Gabriel Jesus for next season. There is also reports that supposedly Arsenal won't even need Champions League football to be able to convince Jesus to sign. He's very sold on the project that Arsenal currently have going on right now. It would just be a case of agreeing a figure with Manchester City to sign him in order to complete that deal for next season. Because Arsenal have already guaranteed fifth place, as we know. So therefore, they've at least got Europa League football and European football at that matter. 50 to 60 million euros. That's what, about 45 to... 55 million pounds that's a lot you know it's a lot that's a lot of money for a guy with one year left on his deal but you know he is a player that is starting for Manchester City got 22 starts within this season I think improves significantly our options in the forward line but if you said to me that you could get you know Patrick Schick for 10 million pounds more I'd obviously lean more towards him because uh, I think he's a better number nine for us. But yeah, mm, it's 45 to 55 for a guy with one year left on his deal is a lot. But as I always do say, it's not my money. <laughs> it's it's just not my money. Why, why, why should I really get fixated on the amount of money that it's cost to bring a very, very good player into the club if they do well? If they don't do well, then obviously I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to get fixated on how much they cost like I did with Pepe. But right now, I don't care. <laughs> it's, not, it's not my money. And so therefore, if we're bringing him in and we're bringing in some very, very good players around him as well, I'm not going to be sitting here complaining at all. So let's wait and see what happens with Gabriel Jesus. But he's a player that I'd very much like to see at Arsenal next season. Speaking of players, I'd like to see at Arsenal next season and seemingly very hopeful of those deals coming to fruition is Aaron Hickey. According to Italian media, Arsenal have beaten Napoli in the race to sign Bologna left back slash right back slash wherever you really want to play him because he's really that ambidextrous as, as people want to tell me. Um, and, you know, he's a player that will, I think, improve certainly the depth in both the right back and left back positions, 19 years of age. A figure in the region of 20 to 25 million euros is what it's going to take. But Arsenal's uh, representatives met with the, I think it's even the, the president or something like of Bologna uh, in London this week to finalise details of this move. Another really smart piece of business um, to a Scottish left back. It's something about Scottish left backs and Napoli and us that we just can't lose in these scenarios. And this is certainly another one. But Hickey looks very much like an Arsenal player at this stage. Arsenal getting their business done really early, which is fantastic. And we want to see this kind of put forward so that as soon as we go off on those July preseason tours, we've got him available and we can get him into the squad, get him playing games as soon as feasibly possible. Really good news on this front to get Hickey into the club. Another real good understudy to Kieratini, of course. I mean, they look very similar. <laughs> you can't say that he doesn't look like a mini Kieratini at this stage. And the fact that, you know, they're both Scottish and play left back is great. But his versatility means we might even be able to see both Tierney and Hickey play in the same team. Um, what is it about Scotland and producing amazing fullbacks? I mean, if you're Scottish, you're gutted that you can't produce those players in the forward line. <laughs> you could really do with them. Stop making left backs. I mean, just turn that part of the, the factory off and just you know, fire up the striker department. Because in that case, if you're making strikers as good as you make left backs, I'll tell you, you really could be going somewhere. 
But uh, yeah, really interesting to see this deal done and uh, hopefully can see it officially made uh, by the end of the season and going into pre-season as well. I think a lot of people are going to be watching some Bologna games between now and the end. Now, our main story of the day, of course, is that Mikel Arteta spoke ahead of the game against Newcastle yesterday. He was asked a couple of in-house media questions. What that means is basically in some circumstances, he doesn't do a, like public press conferences and the in-house media ask Arteta the questions. Usually this happens where there's two games very close to one another, like we saw this week and like we've seen in the past with the the Aston Villa and the Man United, uh, the Aston Villa and the Liverpool game and the Man United and the Chelsea games. With Newcastle, he was asked questions as we were expecting about kind of who is available. And what we know now is that it's not sounding good for White and Gabriel. That's the latest kind of understanding um, and the way and certainly which Arteta spoke about White and Gabriel it's not sounding all that great. Um, I'm not hopeful that either of them will start the game. I think White could potentially be on the bench, but I don't think there's a chance that we'll see uh, either of of those two play uh, on Monday, which means we're going to have to come up with something. We're going to have to come up with some kind of formation. Omar Rekic will not be involved. It is understood that he's currently in Spain, um, as is a number of the under-23s who've finished their season and gone on holiday. So the most likely youth person that we would expect is Jonathan Dinzey, who joined us uh, from Spurs a couple of years ago on a free transfer. And it's done well. Um, it's played on the left-hand side of a back two um, and can play on a back three as well if he wanted him to. Um, so would fit into that spot that Gabriel has left, but it's a lot. And I think that Arteta, from the way he was speaking, would kind of adjust he says uh in fact i can read you the quote he said we will have to modify certain positions to try to make it work because we don't have more defenders and even though we have academy players they haven't experienced a lot of those positions because they're not specified central defenders so it's something that we will try to find a way what he means by that when he says they're not specified central defenders is that young youth players don't tend to specialize their position for their senior career until really late in their youth time. They obviously play a lot of games. And you think, yes, Amari Hutchinson, attacking midfielder, Charlie Patino's a centre mid, following Balogun's a striker. But you can see these young, 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 young players change position drastically in those kind of ages between 20 and 21, 22. You think about Zinchenko, you know, at Manchester City, an attacking midfielder that's now specialised as a left-back. These things change so fluidly at that age because they're not specialised yet. That's what he means. So he's not saying we don't have anyone that can play centre-back. Yes, we've got kind of young players that, you know, have played and can play centre-back. But what he means by that is that they are not specialised senior players that have been playing that position for years and years at the top level that we can rely upon. Um, And you have to understand that. And I think that he would rather probably play someone like Granit Xhaka or Mohamed Elneny in a centre-back role if it comes to it. Um, which sucks, you know, because we want their presence in midfield, but we don't have much choice. And when he said on how likely it is that White and Gabriel would be fit, he says, I could give you an estimate, but I will probably be telling you whatever. Tomorrow uh, will be the day we will have better answers. Probably not the answers that we want until match day, but hopefully better answers. And it's that word of probably not the answers that we want until match day that gives me a lot of concern about whether or not Gabriel and White will be available. Is Mertesacker available, Marcus? I doubt it. <laughs> I very much doubt it indeed. Anyway, and those wondering that the players on loan like Saliba, like Daniel Ballard, 
we can't get them back. Loans don't work that way. So, sorry, no recalls in this situation. We're just going to have to make do with what we've got. Anyway, that rounds off today's news stories, which means we're going to move on to you guys in the chat box and your questions. So we'll take a quick break and then we'll get those in the chat box answered. So make sure you're throwing them in. Make sure you're dropping a like on the video as well and subscribe to the channel if you're new. Back in two seconds. Okay, then let's jump into the chats and get some of these questions asked. Ashwin says, Tom, would you rather take Asensio or Gnabry to replace Pepe? Gnabry, all day long. He's a far, far better player. I think he's far, far better suited to what we've got and what we need at the club. Gnabry, without a shadow of a doubt. Steven says, if White is out, who do you think will start at centre-back? I think it'll be Tommy Asu and Xhaka. I agree. I think Lukonga and Elneny will go into midfield. Um, I think Lukonga next to uh, an experienced player like Elneny would be better and Xhaka is more suited to that centre-back role. So it will probably be Cedric, Tomiasu, Xhaka, Tavares. <laughs> How is this team leading the top four race? It's ridiculous. How we've done this. Uh, Olu says, uh, hey, Tom, did you see the ridiculous article about Arteta in the Telegraph uh, about him being petulant and a complainer? Arsenal fans and journalists need to unite and fight and rebuff these rhetorics. I haven't read it. I know what you're talking about. I think it was Sam Wallace that did the piece. I'm going to read it this morning. And I might write about it. Um, yeah, I, it's an idea. I'm interested to, to do, if I'm if I can, maybe a response piece on this. Because, you know... So many other coaches have complained. And yet, for some reason, Arteta is picked upon. And to be honest, Arteta's pretty good at deflecting like media questions, especially around this sort of thing. He's not the only person that's ever moaned about fixture scheduling. He's not the only person that's ever moaned about refereeing decisions. Why he is the target of, you know, specific uh, criticism, I don't know. Uh, he's a very young coach that maybe people think he's achieving too much too soon and needs to be taken down a peg. I don't know, um, but it's a bit silly. Uh, I don't really agree with the criticism, uh, as you would probably expect. But yeah, it's a bit strange. It's a bit strange. Um, Philip says, with Bayern linked Dembele, do you think that we have a chance at Gnabry? Look, absolutely. If we're going to go in there with a bid and we're going to say, look, what do you want? What wage do you want? Why are you struggling to agree and you deal with Bayern Munich? Okay. Well, we're going to give you this much. Do you want it? If so, come to Arsenal. I think we can get it done. I think it's a deal that's possible. I think those transfer negotiations go positively. You know, he likes Arsenal. He's got that attachment to Arsenal. And he's got unfinished business at Arsenal. So maybe so. That's the right move. Arteta has played with uh, Gnabry when he was at the club. He knows all about him. Maybe it's something that we can look at. Uh, Oliver says, what do you think of this lineup? Ramsdale, Tavares, Xhaka, Tomiyasu, Cedric, Elneny, Smith-Rowe, Martinelli, Erdegaard, Saka and Ketia. So you're going with Elneny as a, as a lone six. It's an option. It, it's an option, but it's not an option that has worked for us. You know, the, the Erdegaard, Smith-Rowe, double eight has not worked for us. Um, and I think there's an argument that if you're putting Xhaka at centre-back, that you should give a little bit of more cover and put Lukonga in instead of Smith-Rowe. And maybe Smith-Rowe goes in also at left wing because he works better with Tavares than Martinelli does. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure. That said, Martinelli and Tavares played really well against United. So there is that. I say really well. I know Tavares was a nightmare defensively, but offensively they did quite well together. 
But Smith Rowe may be the one to bring in for Martinelli in this game, who I thought was shattered, by the way, against Spurs. I thought he was absolutely shattered and I think he needs a bit of a rest. So we've got a really big game against Newcastle, I know, but maybe we can bring him off the bench when Newcastle are tiring a bit because I think I can just see Newcastle playing quite offensively, quite energetically because they have nothing to lose. They've got nothing to play for. So maybe we bring Martinelli on when it really matters towards the end of the game. Uh, Jeremy says, seeing everyone worried about Tielemans' physicality is funny considering how much of a game changer Gundogan has been at City. Look, I think that Tielemans is being wrongly um, characterised at times. I think people are looking too heavily at this season and not considering what the broader context of what he could bring to the team is. He's a very good central midfielder. He's got the potential to be a top, top, top central midfielder. If he's someone that we go for, I would be very happy with that style of signing. Yes, there are other central midfielders out there but I think that he's someone that would add a lot of quality to the Arsenal team and potential to upgrade upon what we've got in the near future as well. Um, Blue Red Trill says, any players from relegated teams have you identified as good additions? I actually did a piece on this about an 11 of players that are being relegated that you would look to sign. It looks like now that, you know, the three teams will be, as we know, Norwich and Watford, but also Leeds are looking the most likely. So if you're looking at those three teams in particular, you would have to say players like Calvin Phillips and Rafinha at Leeds uh, are the ones. Uh, in terms of young players at Leeds, Gerhardt, I think it is, uh, the young striker. He's you know a very, very highly rated young player. Not sure he gets into the Arsenal team, though above the likes of Eddie Nketiah right now. So I wouldn't necessarily go for him. Um, in terms of the other two, Ismail Assar at Watford. Dennis is a backup striker, but I don't think... I'm not sure he's at the level that we should be looking to, but Ismail Assar would be a good Pepe replacement. His fitness, though, is a bit of a problem. At Norwich, Max Aarons is a backup right-back, but that's about it. The only other one I'd say is Tim Krull, based upon just getting a third keeper with a lot of experience, because we don't necessarily have that. And maybe having kind of that experienced head in the goalkeeping unit wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. And he's great in penalty shootouts, which who knows? For European football, maybe we might need him. So uh, I know it's a bit left field, but maybe, you know, bring in Tim Krull on a free transfer. If, I don't know what his contract is or, or a small fee, just to be kind of that experienced goalkeeper for both Turner and Ramsdale. Because at the moment, we've got Ramsdale, who's 23, Turner, who's what, 27, 28, and then Okonkwo, who's like 20 years old. So maybe someone like Tim Krull wouldn't be a bad shout uh, as kind of a third goalkeeper for Arsenal, just to add a little bit of experience uh, in the team and in the squad. Uh, let's go. And he's great at saving penalties against Spurs players too, uh, as they knocked Spurs out of the FA Cup a couple of years ago. Paul says, Klopp, Conte and Tuchel are serial complainers, but get away with it because they're serial winners and the media loves winners. Well, hopefully we can turn that tide. Uh, Priyank says, who is your ideal replacement for Pepe? For me, it's Elise. Elise is going to sign a new deal uh, with Palace, so I wouldn't get your hopes up. But ideal replacement, I mean, I can't, you can't look much further than Gnabry. Gnabry would be the perfect replacement for Pepe and a great competitor in the forward line. Tim says, what are your thoughts on Ziyech going down after being pushed in the back yesterday? No pen or free kick. Uh, I thought it was outside the box um, from the only replay that I saw of it, but I thought there was another one as well. Was it Mason Mount? I think that there was more of an argument of that one. Paul Tierney was on VAR. We, he's an inconsistent, terrible official, as are most of the English officials in the league. You know, it's it's not surprising for those inconsistencies at all. So why 
Why would we be surprised? <laughs> Why would we be surprised at all? Uh, Stephen says, given Marquinhos is so young and it's his first European club, would it make more sense to give him a season in the under-23s and cup games instead of loaning him out straight away? Uh, no, not for me, Stephen. Uh, I would loan him out straight away, to be honest. Uh, the under-23s uh, and the cup, he's not going to play in the cup games, I don't think. You know, I don't think he would necessarily get the games unless he comes in to the level that Martinelli did and he really impresses. He'll hopefully go on the preseason tour, but I would loan him out after a preseason with Arsenal just to get kind of a feel of, of who he is. But the under 23s, you know, it's good for development, but it's not it's not good experience for a player to try and get into the Arsenal first team, really. Um, and that's why we're sending players like Amari Hutchinson out on loan. That's why this season we've sent out a load of players on loan. And it's done really well. You look at Brooke Norton Cuffey, had a great loan spell at Lincoln and now he's coming back and who knows, could fight for a place at right back um, over, say, Cedric. I know that's mad. I don't think it will happen, but because of that loan, it's put him into contention and he's very, very impressive. So let's wait and see. Um, let's scroll down a little bit. Uh, Lynn says, for me, I don't think I am mad, but I think that tomorrow's game will rest on who Eddie Howe wants because to- wants for top four because he could put a weaker team out as they are now safe. I don't think he will, Lynn. I think he'll continue to go strong. He might play some more players that have not got any much game time this season. But if anything, playing a, a weaker team with those types of players means they've got an excuse to really go out there and play because they've not played much football they're going to want to be impressing for next season or for a move in the summer. So there's no guarantees about a weaker team, you know, being any less threatening than what they would play in their first team. Um, Rich says, amazing how Marley can put his hands in people's faces again. He's untouchable. He's an untouchable player. You cannot, you can't send Sadio Mane off other than if you kick Edison in the face. That's the only time he can ever get sent off. He's a horrible player. It's a horrible, horrible player. I really don't like Sadio Mane. <laughs> you know, I just don't like him. Um, he is just not a very nice guy on the pitch at all. I don't know what he's like off. I can't talk about him personally. But as a footballer, I don't like him. Because, <laughs> you know, he gets away with ridiculous challenges and should have been sent off so many times. So, so many times. Uh, Philip says, what about Elneny at centre-back with Lukonga and Xhaka in the double pivot? It's an option. Elneny has played centre-back, but I think that Xhaka on the left-hand side may be better than Tomiyasu there um, with, you know, uh, then Elneny at right centre-back. I think I'd rather Xhaka left centre-back and Tavares uh, left-back and then Tomiyasu right centre-back. I also think that Xhaka probably would cover Tavares a bit better, I think. Um, It's purely theory. I think he might do a better job. And then Tommy Asu can cover Cedric a bit more when he goes forwards. Um, Rahil says, hey, Tom, Lewandowski is available this summer. Would you take him? Depends how much he costs, but I think you'd be mad to turn down Lewandowski. I think you'd be absolutely mad to turn down Lewandowski. People go, oh, he's 33, 34 years of age. So how many goals has Ronaldo scored this season? You know, it's it's Lewandowski doesn't look like he's slowing down. How many goals has he scored for Bayern? Two-year deal, 20 million quid, probably do something like that. I don't know how much they want, but, you know, two-year deal for Lewandowski with you bring in, say, Gabriel Jesus or you bring in a young striker alongside him. How could you turn down Lewandowski? How could you turn him down? It would be mad. Uh, Antonov says, uh, just a question if you think we should take our bet at Frankfurt midfielder Daichi Kamada um, so we can have a backup CDM if Partey and only... I mean, he's not really a CDM. Kamada. He's more of a forward-thinking eight. Bordering on a ten is Kamada. 
So I don't think we'd necessarily then have a backup player for that. I think he's kind of, you know, your competitor for Erdegaard or more of a competitor for Smith Rowe than he is for Partey and Elneny. That's what I think of Kamada when I've watched him play. I've not seen bundles of matches, but whenever I've seen Kamada play, he's been very forward thinking as a central midfielder. So I'm not sure necessarily um, that, that he fits that kind of backup role for those two necessarily. I might be wrong. I thought he's more of a, an attacking player. Uh, someone I'll tell you is good. I think we should be looking at is someone like Sangara, uh, PSV, uh, Ibrahim Sangara. I think he's someone that is, is certainly worthy of, of a look at and has done well since moving from uh, from Toulouse and has done very well. Uh, Cass says, I worry about the height of Newcastle against our makeshift defence. Yeah, I'm worried about set pieces. And we need to try and prevent that as much as feasibly possible. Uh, let's scroll down a little bit more. I'm see the questions that we're drying up, so we might be wrapping up very, very soon. Uh, Hugo says, what do you think about Dybala and Jesus? You know, they're quite similar in terms of their kind of physical characteristics. I always kind of wanted to ask them to go for two contrasting styled forwards, more of a physical number nine, classic number nine, and more of your diminutive Dybala Jesus style. But if you told me that Arsenal and the two players they're bringing in the summer in the forward positions are Dybala and Jesus, I'm not going to complain. You know, I'm not going to complain about that at all. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with what players we go for, but I wouldn't be a complainer about that at all. Uh, Rickage is doing very well, very well, Joshua, but he won't be available for Monday because as far as we're aware, he's in Spain right now. So no wreckage uh, is understood uh, at all. Anyway, we're going to wrap things up there. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Uh, I will see you tomorrow morning uh, at 8 a.m. for the next show. And I'll also see you this evening for the preview show ahead of the Newcastle game, 8 p.m. UK time. We've got a special guest on. Um, someone who's a big Newcastle fan uh, and from the music industry as well, part of the music industry that I uh, like, which for those of you who know our intros and what genre they come from, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and uh, yeah, I look forward to uh, hopefully bringing you some positive thoughts about the game a little bit later and hopefully also Spurs lose against Burnley because that would mean Arsenal can wrap up top four with a win against Newcastle. Burnley, we need you to do us a big, big favour. You've got a lot to play for. You know, you need the points. I know that, I know you're going to be shown this video clearly as some kind of motivation. So just, just do it. Just do it for us. Uh, <laughs> never have I wanted a Burnley win more than today. Please, Burnley, do it. Six out of six. You've already got three points over them once. Let's get another three points over them again. It would really help us out. Or just just a draw. I mean, if you couldn't just take two points off them, even that, I'd be very, very happy with. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. Drop a like on the video if you're new and if you're not. And subscribe if you are new. Thank you to the new listeners in the chat box as well. And uh, I'll see you a little bit later on this evening, UK time, 8 p.m. See you soon. Have a good day. And as always, up in the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.